Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to episode 11 of Film Detectives. And Elliot and I are very excited today because we have a very special guest. We are not the only detective in the room today. We have the star of Murdoch Mysteries, Detective William Murdoch himself, Yannick Bizon. Thank you so much and welcome to the show. Yes, welcome. Welcome, Yannick. Good to see you. So to get started, Yannick, um, so how? tell us a little bit how you got your start on the Murdoch Mysteries show in Canada. Well, at this point, I've been in showbiz for about 37 odd years. So, you know, I'd already sort of made the rounds. I'd done five or six other series. And this was one that came across my desk. And and, and to be dead honest, at the time, I, there were no period shows whatsoever on the landscape. It was 2006 or 2007. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, okay, uh, the writing's good. Um, they've got a, a great idea going here. They had made some movies. So, you know, there was some, some uh, track record to, to sort of look at. And so I thought, well, you know, this will maybe go a couple of years and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try it out. I'll see what I can see what contribute. happens. <laughs> yeah. See what happens. Because honestly, like I said, there were no period shows. So I didn't really have high hopes, uh, no matter, you know, what happens in life. You know, you always hope for the best with, with shows, but the average is, you know, a couple of years, maybe. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good point. You know, you're in 14 seasons. I mean, two of the biggest shows in the U.S., The Big Bang Theory and Friends, you know, Big Bang 12 seasons, Friends 10 seasons. So what do you attribute, like what makes Murdoch Mysteries such a good detective show that makes people want to come back and, and watch every new season? Like what makes a good detective show? Well, in our case, we have history on our side. So we can play with a lot of, you know, current universal themes, things that never seem to uh, go away, things that we talk about every day, you know, uh, uh, gender, gender equality, racial equality, uh, all the sort of tenets of, of, of humanity, the different things that we struggle with. Uh, uh, 2020 was a, was a yeah. great example. Uh, and then at the same time, we can just turn the history book and we've got all of these historical characters that we weave into our, our Murdoch universe. And, and that's kind of an unending, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> fingers crossed. Well, unending like, yeah. Well, like you guys brought in like, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, you brought in Nikola, uh, Nikolai Tesla, you know, historic brain. I love how you guys incorporate the historical, the history plus uh, the actual process of solving the cases and everything and the science behind it too, which I think that really, I think stands out as making uh, Murdoch very unique in that way. Cause a lot of, you know, American shows or even like British shows, they don't really go too much. I mean, they go into some depth with some of the science, but it's nice to see kind of the birth of uh, fingerprinting and like all the, um, also, uh, DNA analysis, as well as, uh, yeah. you know, identifying the, bodies. Yeah, We're, we're, we're kind of like the birth of forensic science. So, you yeah. know, we're talking about this really cool, interesting, cutting edge thing right. that we've been taking for granted for you know, 100 years. So it, it uh, getting into the minutiae of that doesn't uh, doesn't wear on people. You know, it, it, it's uh, it's educational, entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a bit of an escape, you know, with the time period, you, you get to kind of travel to another place, another time. So all of that combines for for, you know, that that's what speaks to the uh, success of the show. 
Exactly. Well, speaking speaking of the show and the success, season 14, and you mentioned 2020, was a bit different than any other season. Uh, you were one of the first shows back in production with COVID going on. Can you just like explain that whole process? And I watched some, I watched some clips about you doing some interviews in regards to how things changed on set and some like directorial things you threw in with the bags and the, or the mask and things when you came out and had people sitting outside. So can you just like talk about what that process was like with such a big show going back in as one of the first basically television shows to, to step into that world of uh, COVID going on while still doing such a major scale operation? I knew we were going back early. And, and funny enough, I, I found out that we were one of the first um, a little ways into it. So, so that kind of <laughs> added a bit of pressure because for me, uh, I don't know if you saw this in previous interviews, but I, I, I was directing now two episodes for the first time, uh, a block of two mm -hmm. episodes, which, which I thought was going to be more challenged than it actually turned out to be. But, um, you know, in your head, you're, you're thinking about, okay, wow, so I've got all these protocols I've got to observe. I can't in whole meet with the people that I want to meet with, and we're going to have to just sort of figure it out on Zoom or something like that. And then, you know, these, they, they doing two episodes at once, and one is radically different than the other in tone and sort of trying to keep all that in my head and then finding out, you know, oh, wow, we're now going to be having everyone's eyeballs on us. And if it goes awry, if we become a hotspot or I don't know what, um, that's going to be extremely bad for, you know, us, our industry, you know, as a whole. And, and so it was, it was a lot of pressure. And then, you know, we started getting into things and, and, you know, big worrisome days started getting in the can and it was like, okay, this is happening. We're doing this. And, and people's fears started to alleviate and, and, you know, time rolled on and chuck out that mask and wash your hands, put on yeah. <laughs> Just it stick to the safety protocols. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, make it and try to make it work pretty much. Right. So, yeah. And I mean, having, having all the, uh, sort of different ministries, you know, the way showbiz works, financing models different in every country and there's tax credits and there's, there's a minister of this and the deputy of that and all the different people putting their faith in us. It was really important to adhere to everything and everybody being a team player. So uh, I'm glad, I'm glad well, that turned out to be the case. Would you say that like the protocols in, in Canada were similar to how they were in the States or were there some different things that you had to follow that, you know, didn't happen on sets, say in productions here in the U S I can't really speak to some of the uh, period shows because there were some shows in the U.S. where they actually wore stuff on camera. You know, mm -hmm. they were able to do that with uh, medical procedure shows and so on. And so they were able to kind of fashion shields and it worked with the story. So I imagine that was hugely effective, um, although there'd be some technology they'd have to figure out. Uh, but for us, we had to take all that off and we had yeah. to have a double layer of protection around us. So without finding out all of the, you know, behind the scenes, I, I would say it's probably very, very similar. You know, the, the, the virus is what it is for everybody. So the protocols are very similar. And, you know, I, I get up in the morning, I put my mask on and I clean my hands several times a, a day and, and, 
observe distance and, and we got separated into pods. And I imagine that's much the same thing with mm-hmm. how things are uh, here. I'm spending time in California and I was just in Arizona as well. And, you know, they are distancing people and there are, you know, plexi uh, glass dividers everywhere for, 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 you know, customer uh, point of purchase and all those different things. So not hugely different. Very similar. <laughs> yeah. So kind of going back to, um, when you first started on Murdoch, how did you kind of, when, how, how did that come about? And like, also, um, how did you approach taking on the role of Murdoch? I, Big question. <laughs> I sort of got my on, uh, you know, going back to the days before I was actually working as an actor. I mean, I was, I would, you know, watch probably way too much television and all the shows I was drawn to were, you know, detective shows, just like, everybody else um I, I loved all those shows i loved the cowboy shows and and you know i've come to learn that those were really really fictional uh but you know a lot of the detective stuff a lot of the uh, procedural stuff um it, it uh you know whether they were light in tone like barney miller and colombo or, or or quincy or a little more involved you know like uh, mm. the, the courtroom dramas like uh, uh ironside perry mason and all those guys i I kind of salt and peppered a bit of every one of those guys that i i uh you know studied i had no idea i was studying them as a kid but turns out i i i I was heavily yeah yeah i I see some of the peter falk influence in murdoch as well as um definitely sherlock holmes for sure i mean it's got that analytical how do i break down and solve the problem uh with the facts given and finding the clues when no one else sees them and the fact that murdoch's able to find those clues when you know crabtree and uh also the chief are like totally stumped on how this person like died and such so uh i i just love how you guys play with that and everything and and do it in your own style because you know we've had Sherlock the show uh we've had multiple iterations monk, of Sherlock oh, Mon- yeah Monk and Psych over here in in the states and everything um and I I really think you guys like really um created your own style especially in the editing style too because you guys do a lot of montage when you when Murdoch is actually uh solving the case and you know going through the problem you know you're cutting and doing montage editing there. And it, I, I find that really unique to that, to the Murdoch uh, mystery sh- series. You know, I think that's really unique to your show. Yeah. You know, in the beginning it was weird because I, I wanted to find, you know, what was going to be Murdoch's quirks, you know, was he going to have a, a super unrelatable type of quality like Sherlock Holmes yeah. Um and then, you know, what was going to be his sort of superpower and, and right. all of that stuff. And then, you know, yeah, we, we ended up having the, the, the camera be a character in a way. Right. And early on, we were doing a lot of sort of visualization. All We call it Murdoch vision, where we would mm-hmm. suddenly zap into his mind and be his eyes. And we would sort of follow the clue trail and, and all of the different things would, you know, sort of peel off one layer at a time until he finally figured it out yes and that process changed a lot so we in the beginning we were using film and we were we were double oh, really? reverse cranking uh, uh oh. type cameras and wow. um, military type hand crank cameras and, and and then you know finding anybody to process our film became completely impossible mm-hmm. plus some got damaged 
so we had to start relying heavily on VFX with all of the the in-camera stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, so that style changed. And, and, you know, it's been different uh, sort of generations of of what we do. And then when I direct, I, I try to bring something, you know, new to that episode individually. Not just, you know, say my style, but it's like, okay, this episode's going to have to do with the opera. Right. What can I do to sort of sell being at the opera in style? So a lot of the directors, um, because of the tone of the show, are able to have that flexibility. We don't have a single type of dedicated style. For instance, CSI kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. brought forward a certain style. uh, uh, It's like its own formula. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Need for Speed and all of those types of mm-hmm. things. It's it's a very sort of deliberate style. Uh, um, um, what was the blue uh, murder? Uh, the um, oh, I, I think oh, uh, uh, Shield uh, and NYPD. NYPD the Shield had a and, and also yeah, the Shield too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. So so you know, trying to usher in a one single dedicated style we didn't want to do but we did want to do that with our soundscape we did want to do Mm -hmm. that with a few other things and uh and i'm i don't care who knows it but i I definitely think that when they did uh the um the sherlock home uh uh, movies uh i i think i think there was a little bit of borrowing happened there just just a little bit just a little (laughs) bit i was like did guy Ritchie take from this because it kind of has that um yeah, that like, uh, yeah, montage editing look, and even even the Sherlock series that came out too, it kind of seems like it, it's maybe borrowed a little bit also from Murdoch too. So you know, it's it's um, it's interesting how let you guys, let you guys say it. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is but this is you know, like we 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 analyze and make the connections between series or films and such. So yeah, I mean, it's it's like we you know because we're like when you're going for a certain genre look and style you know it's like there are certain tropes or archetypes that you follow for those series um and then you kind of as you said put your own spin on it and such which mm-hmm. um and i i love that about murdoch's that it really does put its own spin on things and you have the, and it's great that you guys have the freedom to do that and and play around with different styles on throughout the series um it's really great <laughs> yeah so uh, we did a, a zombie one and i went to town on that yeah <laughs> i did one also uh, uh, um, a bit of a wild west uh, kind of we you know we had bat masterson chasing after butch and uh, yeah. sundance and so there was yeah. a whole you know trying to triangulate the gunfight and throw in a bunch of you know really great uh uh you know typical mistakes made in, in just every uh filmic mistakes made in just about every western you've ever seen i wanted to throw some of those in there too and definitely you know uh, uh stereotype shots <laughs> speaking of all those episodes you named this might be a really difficult question but do you have a favorite episode from the 14 seasons i've forgotten more <laughs> than i remember to be honest with you um i, I really enjoyed what lies buried uh was quite good the acting in that we had some scenes that were you know uh 10 pages long uh, uh of of a full shakedown in the uh, interrogation room and and on sort of um basically 
unearthed some really damaging information about my superiors and stuff like that. And, and I was dueling with uh, Nigel Bennett, who's, you know, one of the most incredible actors in our country. Uh, so, so that was quite good. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, if I'm dead honest with you, I, I thought that episode should have received a lot more attention um, mm. that season. But, you know, it is what it is. Our, our show, we, we, we sort of ride the line with a lot of light, lighter fare. So when it comes time to being asked to be recognized dramatically, it's like, mm, yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously the ones I directed, I, I had the most sort of connection with because yeah. I, I, you know, have spent so much more time and then I'm that much more attached to them. And I have a lot more of myself and my contribution wrapped up. In yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, season 14 i know that from from looking it's about to wrap up uh this coming week if that's correct is there anything you can say without being spoilery uh that the the viewers you know might want to know about i mean we have the source right here so is there anything you can say (laughs) that's uh not too not too much the the entire murdoch universe is about to grow and um it's going to shake you know, our, our entire cast, uh, uh, to the foundation, really, you know, it's funny, you, you get to this point in, in these shows over the years and, you know, it's like, wow, you, you know, this is a really good season's fact. It, it, this is our best season ever. But I, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever said that, or I've only said it a few times, but I truly believe that because of everything that's happened, we had fewer, far fewer episodes this year, but the same resources, as far as our creative, and I think they constant, super concentrated uh, uh, this season into something quite good. And, and yeah, you know, there's going to be some cliffhangers and, you know, we all want those. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <And> yeah. <laughs> there's going to be some things that are going to maybe come out of left field or be shockers. We all want those, too. Um, you know, I, I've noticed on social media some people that have been sort of taking guesses and saying things. And, well, if that happens, you'll never see me watching this show again. And I'm like, okay, well, too bad, man. It was so much fun. <laughs> Find another it. show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going to be so good. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. I know. And, and it's like you, you want people coming back for more for, you know, possible future seasons even, too, you know. So that's that's the great thing and and the longevity of keeping that sh- the show going is like that's the one that's for incredible any, in any actor you know or or even director or producer you know so for, for, for all of us it's been yeah. a, it's been a dream and, and you know we've managed to keep a, a overwhelming majority of our um our keys have been with us since the beginning and um only for health reasons and things like that have we had some people uh, move on but for the most part, and, and you know what, the people that have come in have added to the show, absolutely. But it's, it speaks to, you know, the sort of core unit of the show, what everybody feels about it and, and the quality of what we're making. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's uh, too quick to leave. Right. They and by stick the around. way, <laughs> I, have, yeah, I have received some news uh, um, that's yet to be confirmed, but uh, I, 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 I think we're, we're looking better than good uh uh for uh for 15 um Ooh. in the past i've not ever really spoken about this but um stay tuned to this channel okay uh, there's some great news coming our way oh okay uh, maybe uh, uh, maybe there a bit the big big news coming through we asked for a little and we got a lot <laughs> oh seriously <laughs> 
that's 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 great that's good news that's great news and congrats to you guys seriously that's yeah absolutely that's amazing <laughs> fingers crossed yes <laughs> fingers, fingers crossed, crossed. <laughs> definitely definitely because yeah, uh, it's not just about you know another season it's yeah more than Exactly. And as, as you said, expanding the Murdoch universe, because, you know, because you guys have started in the early, uh, well, actually late 19th century and then early 20th century, you know, you have there's so much, you know, you don't really realize how much history the world has until you go back and you start, you know, dissecting it and, and analyzing it and such. And, you know, the fact that there's so much that happens between the early 1900s and to now is just amazing. Like we've gone through so much and there's so much to cover too, you know? So it's. Well, yeah. Whenever I get into a conversation about this with people, I, I, I always cite the fax machine, you know, mm-hmm. it's a very recent thing. What did we ever do before the fax machines? Right. And here we are. They're already gone. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, there's so they much were, to talk about. Yeah. They were here like a, it was almost like a blip. And then they are no longer like very few places now use them or, you know, uh, companies use them anymore. It's it's all now the iPhone or you just have like you might have a printer. Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, Everything's digital. Maybe. So. You're being discouraged from printing even. Yeah, I know. So that's right. Well, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, because the whole, I, I, that's why I also like about seeing early uh, 19th and, and 20th century type shows because there's so much analog technology and gear that you guys use that you don't see that anymore. The fact that even just with the p- simple process of fingerprinting, like, and analyzing fingerprints, like, you know, uh, we just take that for granted because it's all in just a, da- a digital database and you just kind of scan it and it pops it up. But that and, was the foundation. Or for in, in, in CSI's case, it happens in two seconds. But, you know, like, <laughs> but, you know, uh, it's it's just, you know, like um, we take as you, we take those things for granted. And it's amazing how far the technology has come since then. Absolutely. Even on, uh, even on our show, uh, you know, you'll often you read a script and then you get there, you've prepped. If you're, if you're a director, you've prepped and you're trying to lay out the scene, tell actors what to do. And, and I'll often have a director say, okay. And then you look at that fingerprint and that, and then you say this and it's like, okay, but you have to remember that there was a process. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't just like, you have to actually look and compare. You can't just, aha. So uh, I, just, uh, I got it. I had to frustrating a lot of people, but I'm yeah. sort of the gatekeeper on that because it's like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. You can't just with the naked eye see these things. You there, you have to do this, and we can't take things for granted. Yeah. So I end up being bad guy a little bit in some cases, but you know, I think I think they they, they thank me for it. Yeah. Uh, in the end, because it does have to be it has to have some resemblance of reality mm-hmm. and, and it creates some angst and some tension in the show for the viewer. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, right. That's going to take forever. They yeah. have to look yeah. at all those card files and they have to compare. They can't just go, they can't you know, snap their and, fingers and, and it happens. Yeah. Or they yeah, yeah, so and, and, adjust for flow of time uh, yeah. uh, in any given episode, we have to adjust the flow of time all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And viewers on. care about that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The believability uh, really comes into play. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Speaking of time and going back, I think this is the perfect time to talk about your <laughs> first. Yeah. Right. Look at that segue. Your first, <laughs> your first uh, film, your TV film, Hockey Night. 
hockey night. Young Yannick <laughs> with with his fondly. Yes. <laughs> with Rick Moranis and as the, the coach and you as uh, one of the leads uh, with Megan Follows. You guys were just kids back then. Oh, my gosh. And uh, it's it's amazing uh, to see that film as well as like kind of the historical uh, importance, too, because of, um, you know, like uh, it's about hockey and it's very Canadian. I will say that it's very Canadian about <laughs> hockey. And um a girl on a hockey team back then yeah. that would that made news yeah. that had been a big big thing and there was all the the, the issues surrounding that and then now uh, and you have people like uh, maury chaikin who played a fantastic uh uh radio announcer character in the yeah story. and yeah i you know megan's gone on to have this prolific amazing career and and you know that obviously goes without saying for for those other actors as well so it's it was a yeah it was kind of an important little movie and and at the time i i really really was you know big wide eyes and and i was 100 instinct i had no idea what i was doing and uh you know there were people who believed in me and uh, and, and as a matter of fact apparently i, I found this out just a couple of years ago, um, I had uh, I was on a, a panel w- because it got reissued digitally. I was on a panel with the producer, uh, who was a very young uh, Martin Harbury at the time, and of course we're both a lot older now. And and he said, you know, we'd been casting for weeks and months, and we'd been building the film and everything. He says, and then we discovered you. He says, and then we threw out everything and built the cast around you. Excellent. <laughs> Shock. I was shocked. I had no idea. Of course, nobody would ever tell you that, you know? No. Um, and, and he was, you know, very uh, open about saying that, you know, with the microphone in his yeah. hand. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we just threw out everything. Well, it's very prevalent, too. Like, when you're on screen, uh, it you have that stage presence and at such a young age, too. And it was like, you had been doing this forever. Like, it, it was... Uh, the fact that you just felt so comfortable in front of the camera and you didn't like, it it was like there was no overacting. It was just very natural feeling. I I felt Mm -hmm. like I was watching you guys play hockey and, and be those characters and such. And, and the chemistry between you and Megan and, and Rick is, and the rest of the team too, you know, it's just like, I I love the scenes when you guys are doing the running exercises and, and, and Megan's trying to beat you and everything. And it's just like the, the, the look of shame of when she beats you and stuff. It's just, it's, 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 it was great. Like it's very believable because you know, like that's how those, uh, like that's how those kids would feel in those, in that type of situation, especially when a girl, uh, and it's, it's very, um, modern themes too because it's a very feminist viewpoint too where you know women should be on equal par as men of course uh but this was done back in like the 80s and you guys were saying this even back then and it's it's interesting that we're still talking about it to this day and such but you know it's like uh it's still and it's still relevant to today so the funny thing is, and, and it just just kind of struck me right now as you're saying this, uh, um, there was an interesting parallel where her mother was recently divorced, right? And her that family was dealing with that as well. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, lots of uh, you know that scene. Stuff. That scene when uh, she's with the two her two daughters after just having her first day of 
um, work at the school and she's trying to tell them about her day. And then like, you know, Megan's character, uh, doesn't, you know, is still not fitting in and such. It was just a, you know, it beautifully crafted because, you know, like that's a conversation you would have, like, especially as you said, a recently divorced, uh, woman trying to make it on her own with her two girls and, and coming to a town that Exactly. I, I was just going to say there's some further uh, twists to that. There's um, uh, um, Ingrid Benninger played a fabulous character. She's also gone on to become a hugely successful director and producer. And, and, and she was kind of like the quirky girl, town girl. And, you know, this is all these different sort of female strong characters who are struggling. In, and I never sort of <laughs> realized how very, very positive uh, the, the so many of uh, those messages were in that little movie. So maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's time. It, it keeps that timeless quality going because those themes keep popping up to this day. You know, it's, it's yeah quite fascinating that that happens. You know, I find it personally interesting that your first movie is a hockey movie. And one of the lines you have in the movie is, you know, I'm supposed to be in the NHL by 17, I believe is the line you have. And I know you wanted to play hockey, so and you got into acting because you wanted to be able to do pretty much everything overall. But I, I just found that super ironic that your first film is a hockey film, and then you have the line, I, I, "I'm supposed to be in the NHL by 17." It's like you wanted to be an NHL player. Yeah, I, I just found that super interesting. I wanted to point that out. <laughs> Serendipity. Yeah, it was it was a very fitting line, and, and say, yeah, you know, because I, I think you know kid from Montreal you grow up watching the Habs. I mean, everybody wanted to be a star hockey player. Um, I gave up on that dream very early on. I, I actually moved around a lot, lived yeah. in uh, uh, Florida for a time, you know, Florida is now, you know, got the most recent Stanley cup. So whatever, yeah. but um, <laughs> not in those days, let me tell you. So it was uh, <laughs> the minute we moved uh, and, and I years of hockey, it was over for me. So I came back and did that movie and I had a lot of help. <laughs> yeah <laughs> what, what are you talking about yeah. you're, you're a pro you're was professional a, well yeah you had that natural quality and and it was believable and 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 it it the you just fit right into that whole um that genre as well as the script as well as you know working with the cast and such um because before then you had just done a few like commercials right and then you you happened to just fall into this role and they were like, okay, now we're going to throw out everything and keep you in it basically. Right. For what, for as far as the audition process, yeah, went, I right? had done, uh, the audition process was pretty long. I, I read a lot and with a lot of people I, and um, I, I don't just remember it because it was one of the first, cause I, 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 I kind of went the rounds on a few different things. I don't know if you guys remember the series actually with Megan follows um, uh, Anne of green Gables. I, I was yes. reading Oh, uh, yeah, right. that was, uh, I was involved in that for a long time and, and a bunch of other stuff, but I remember the process for hockey night being, uh, pretty lengthy and, and, uh, I'm not sure why, but, uh, you know, it, it was maybe to just, you know, be really, really sure because, you know, you're, you're putting a lot on a young person you want and who has not really done a whole lot, but a few commercials. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I guess maybe they were just making sure. Yeah. Well, they they picked right. <laughs> Definitely, for sure. <laughs> and the rest is history. And, the re- literally. and literally the rest is history, yes. Um, 
Yeah, because it, it had like I, I just want to say also the the movie. I see where like films like Miracle and Mighty Ducks really took re- references from and such, mm-hmm. um, and kind of built on what you guys started back then. And um, yeah, it's 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 cool to be part of that hockey tradition, especially in Canada. You know, so that's that's a great <laughs> great way to start. A career even you know so that's great man so michaela did an interview a couple years ago uh and y- oh, you yeah. showed up in the background of that interview <laughs> at the very very end so it's only fitting <laughs> so it's so i decided to take some of these questions and get it from you you know the source instead of instead of her right right you're the source you can right. defend yourself on some of these things here <laughs> okay right. so the, the first question i have um what is the perfect yannick burrito Ooh, okay. Uh, barbacoa beef, guacamole, raw onion, more like raw onion, uh, a tablespoon of rice, a tablespoon of black beans, huge amounts of cilantro, uh, a little bit of uh, cheese mix, like a tablespoon of cheese mix, sour cream, the hot salsa, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the really hot salsa. Uh-huh. And then um, chopped uh, jalapeno and that Ooh. is money. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Oh, I know. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna have to get a burrito tonight. Now. No, just, just from that. <laughs> All right. So, um, this one's probably a tough one. Skiing or biking? I, you know, I will say biking because I could travel with it a bit more. Like, there's more places to bike than there is to. I don't know if that's true, but uh, biking be <laughs> yeah. just uh, more. Expensive. Okay. Okay. And uh, this is the one. This is the one that you kind of popped in at the end, and I was very curious about this myself, and I'm sure other people were. Uh, so, Michaela was saying you wear uniforms for seasons, and you said you really don't do that. Um, so, I was curious from from the source, what has been your season 14 uniform for for Murdoch Mysteries? Has there been anything special, or has it been, uh, you know, just uh, whatever? They managed to get uh, a few colorful ties in there. And I have always resisted. I have always resisted any type of color in the ties. So season 14, there was some that got by me and I was like, I saw it in some of the edits. <laughs> I, I wore that? <laughs> <laughs> that was a little more colorful than I anticipated. But, you know, she, she's talking about the Yannick. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. The Yannick uniform, yeah. It, it, well, you know what? It's never actually changed. I'm wearing a, a, a V-neck t-shirt. And today, a pair of uh, yeah. Thank you for uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. That's that's all my rapid questions uh, I got here. So, so if we have uh, since we have a little bit of time, I also wanted to talk a little bit about uh, you recently did. Uh, you've kind of branched uh, film wise into thriller uh, as well as uh, romantic comedy films uh, such as Europe by the Sea, anything for Jackson. So very completely opposite direction of. The Murdoch Mysteries and also uh, uh, Hockey Night and such. Uh, how was it doing breaking into romantic comedy as well as doing um, horror thriller? Even well, they're for entirely different producers, and you, you said different. Mm-hmm. That that that's really what it's about uh, for me at this point. You know, being involved with Murdoch Mysteries for as long as I have, I'm constantly looking for the most absolutely yep. different character um that i can find at all times um just because you know i'm going to be known for this character you know for all of my days and and beyond so i want to 
you know, as an artist, I want to do different things, but I also want to be seen in, in different lights. I, I want to exercise different muscles. And as a matter of fact, you know, I mean, I started out in comedy. The, the, the first series that I did was uh, uh, a three camera, you know, sitcom. And, and so I, I learned a lot with that. And so, you know, I like doing lighter fare stuff and, and certainly romantic comedy, you know, more sort of lighter fair is, is, is always fun to do. But then, you know, I, I just recently got, uh, involved with, um, the folks at uh, Vortex and, and did, um, you know, um, geez, I did a perfect plan. I did, uh, um, anything for Jackson. And there was, there was another one in there and, uh, Helmington it was called and it was a much darker, um, more co concept indie style stuff. And, and in each one of those, uh, the goal was to do something as different as I possibly, uh, uh could one from the other and from Murdoch and from myself as well. So, um, you know, I played a disgraced, um, uh, professor who turned taxidermist, uh, you know, in, uh, in Helmington, nice. you know, like <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, very different. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. It's always, it's always fun to yeah explore the different characters uh, in different genres and such. Is there a particular genre that you go, Hey, this is like, I love, I love doing this. Obviously definitely uh, crime drama for sure. <laughs> um, but are there other realms that like, like what's, what would you say is like kind of your favorite? One that I did uh, a little while back was called, um, it was a sequel. It was a uh, wolf cop, another wolf cop, uh, wolf cop part too and, oh, um, and uh, that was huge amount of fun it was a complete mm -hmm. blast for me and and just complete you know heresy from top to bottom and i loved it i was cussing and swearing and throwing everything that i could at this thing and and uh lol uh the director lol dean uh was like all right now try it with this you know we would roll and and you know um i, I did some stuff with kevin smith and and it was just completely bonkers and great and it was you know lots of vis effects and and uh it turns out yeah i was playing this kind of like tony robbins slash tom cruise you know entrepreneur guy and uh and i ended up being this alien underneath you know so it was all very fitting <laughs> excellent it's a twist well yannick we Definitely. appreciate your time uh, before we let you go uh, again we can't thank you enough for being here just uh what's yes what thank you, you so uh, much. what do you have uh, coming up what's going on let people know what's uh, what's up this next year for you in your life okay um the very next thing that i'm doing is i'm driving back to toronto uh from los angeles and so my daughter and i are going to do that together michaela and i are going to do that together and we're going to document our little adventure oh wow not oh, cool entirely, uh, nice not entirely trip, planned yeah. we just came up with that idea today so we'll see what uh, comes of that but i thought what a fun thing to do like you know documenting a trip and event with with your child and and just the two of you you know so that's awesome it'd be, it'd be kind of cool mm -hmm. yeah. um and then uh, we're going to go to Toronto and do a Christmas movie that I'm going to direct and uh, star in. And Michaela is going to be in it as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. So her, her, yes. her agent submitted her for a part on it. And then by the time we got down to the sort of whittling away the, the roles, she was a perfect fit. So she's going to be in it. 
And, um, and cool. yeah, that's going to be uh, 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 directing and starring. Um, and it's a um, Christmas movie called The 12 Treats of Christmas. And that's going to, I believe, ultimately go on our you know, heartfelt uh, channels. Is that have dogs? Are there dogs Excellent. involved in that? <laughs> I can't really say that. I can't really say it right now because it's not that part of it isn't okay. uh, for me to speak about. Just I got you. Oh, got good. You. Okay. <laughs> to, to, be, to be announced. To be you've, given us enough, you've given us enough, <laughs> enough to be announced, uh, bangers yes. and zingers today that I mean that people are going to be wanting to know about. So uh, Yannick, again, we can't thank you enough for yeah. being here. We really do appreciate yes. it. Make sure you check them out. Murdoch Mysteries. Season 14 is about to wrap up. A big ending is promised where the whole universe is about to expand you heard it here first take care guys bye for now if you like this episode follow us on social media at film detectives for further news and upcoming shows join us next week as we explore filmmakers from around the world thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.